0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Jess Chatting Podcast, a podcast discussing all things fitness, well-being and mindset, hosted by yours truly, Jessica Vanhan. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Jess Chatting Podcast. I am joined by an incredible guy that actually trains in my local gym, funnily enough, um, which is mad and I'm just really, really excited and actually I was only thinking about 10 minutes ago, we could have done this in person and it could have been really cool. <laughs> For everyone, um, just to kind of, I suppose, introduce you officially, um, I am delighted to officially welcome Steve Hall, who is the owner, head coach. Is that, would that be your title of Revive Stronger?
1: Yeah, I'm the founder of Revive Stronger, co-owner with my business partner, Pascal Floor, Uh, and yeah, uh, I can't remember the last thing, oh, head coach, so I guess, yeah, I'm one of their head coaches, or they're all head coaches, Uh, so yeah.
0: Yeah no I'm very very excited as well so um, this conversation I feel is going to be very interesting because I feel you have a very unique story and I suppose for anyone who doesn't know you or wants to know a bit more about you do you want to kind of tell us your story of how you kind of as was got into coaching and also what led you on to become a bodybuilding competitor?
1: For sure so yeah it's it all kind of began Uh, like I was into the gym a little bit ever since like it's just kind of crazy to me thinking how long I've been training now but like when I was 15 years old I started so now 32 I've been doing this for like 17 years which is kind of crazy and you think it's more than half your life that you've been training for so it's been a long time but I never really took it super seriously when I first got into it. it was more of a case of like I don't know kind of now boys are like the other guys are lifting I don't want to like get left behind so I kind of got hooked though when I initially got in there But for the longest time, like, you know how it is when you're starting and then you don't really feed yourself properly, you don't really kind of know how to properly train, and so I saw good results and then kind of plateaued for years. So then I went to university continuing to kind of just run this plateau. And I was interested in so many different sports. I play football, kind of do a rowing club, running club, everything, anything I could get my hold of, hands on. I just liked being active and I'd always be on the side of like underfeeding, if anything, versus like, I certainly was never that fat kid that got into like bodybuilding because they lost a lot of weight. It was always the other way around. I was always very skinny and if anything, a hard time putting on weight, but it was whilst I was at university, I would do these like 10 kilometer runs around campus. It was like Nottingham. And I can vividly remember the run I would do. And I even took it as far as I had like a a Garmin watch and like a Garmin kind of heart rate monitor and everything. I had the whole like kit, I had my running shoes on so I could see on my watch kind of my previous personal best. It was like a shadow runner. So you could like try and beat yourself. And so it kind of leads into uh, my competitive spirit and what I'm like in that regard that I'd always look to beat that run and that time. And I can remember vividly coming to some traffic lights, flashing amber. I went for it, looked right. And then there was this just white van that came and hit me. And so I then kind of woke up and there was just people like trying to take off. I remember it's really weird. I used to do, um, I don't know if you know, uh, men's fitness, survival of the fittest, sorry. These kind of like Iron Man type of run. It's not quite, it's definitely not as bad as Iron Man, uh, yeah. but it's like these fitness runs. But I used to do those every year. So I was wearing this t-shirt. I can remember from one of those that I used to do. And I was like, no, don't like rip it off or whatever. Sorry, complete tangent. I just remember that vividly for some reason. Uh, but then I got taken to hospital because I'd like smashed up this guy's windscreen. And I got... Uh, what's it called a fractured skull that's the one and i had like scarring up my back and on my arm and it seemed like it was that was most of it It didn't seem any more serious than that Mm -hmm. and uh, but I kind of went home and I started basically having a bit of a panic attack uh, one evening when I was at home and kind of vomiting violently and things so I was taken to A&E by my parents and that landed me in hospital for kind of close to a month and I was just basically like I wasn't like a vegetable state but it kind of felt as close as I could be to that where I just wasn't moving was barely eating had zero appetite couldn't really um like hold a conversation even like my mum was in there bless her for the majority of the time and I just couldn't even really talk to her but knowing she was there was just like enough to have her presence I remember some friends came and visited and like I could barely hold a conversation with them uh, so even actually it was like a progression to get up and walk outside like they they had to give me permission to go outside for a walk with my mum I can remember after a few weeks and the issue they found was I had low sodium levels So if you have extremely kind of bad electrolyte balance, you can go into like, uh, I think it's called hypoatremia, I always get it wrong. Uh, But it's basically I think people can even do this to themselves. Like, it's like a university thing, people like try and drink as much water as possible. And then they make their sodium levels go really low, they can almost like the devil's in the dose water even can like lead to kind of some serious illness. So it's basically a risk of like seizuring and things. So they didn't let me out of hospital until that had somewhat normalized. And then I was on um, diuretics for an extended period of time. And as you can imagine, uh, I lost any sort of muscle mass that I gained at this point. So from like 15 and that was 20. So I'd lost, I think I lost like 15 pounds to 20 pounds in hospital. Uh, Cause I just wasn't eating anything. So I wasn't particularly built at that point either, but I was like as skinny as anything when I came out yeah. and my body was just kind of in disarray. So I didn't want to continue doing kind of all these different sports and clubs. Um, I was on a water restricted diet. I can remember filling up an innocent smoothie bottle. So it's 250 mils. And that was my limit for the entire day. And so it was kind of wild. But I don't remember being like aggressively thirsty or anything. It's just my body was holding on to every bit of water it could. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just, yeah. So I wasn't going out socializing and it was like, what can I do to build upon myself? And this is where I found proper bodybuilding I would say rather than just like going into the gym and just like doing some cardio doing some weights and stuff and kind of trying to build some muscle I started to try and research kind of how can I do this a bit better Mm. and uh, I landed on some like it was all bodybuilding forums when I first got into it that's all the information there was and so yeah I started piling in the food like I think I was on like 4,000 calories 400 grams of protein or something stupid It was a wild diet just like these old bro mentality like recommendations that I just got and I piled on the weight quickly um, but it was nice to have a sense of kind of control over my body again and it was like a sense of control over my life mm-hmm. so I did a lot of things wrong in that initial process so I continued to try and educate m- myself and learn a bit better and I started to stumble upon the right information which was people like La McDonald. if you've heard of him uh, body recomp- re- recomposition.com was his website and I would. I remember on my commute after I kind of graduated from university and was on my commute to work every day I, I worked in Gatwick um, for like a cycling company or whatever and I'd just be like reading his blogs every kind of in the hours to get there hours to get back even whilst I was working I had like YouTube videos of people like talking about like training nutrition I was like making notes so I was clearly very invested in it at that point point. Yeah. and I started to learn uh, from, from 3DMJ I found came across Matt Ogus if you know Matt Ogus
0: No, actually, I don't. No,
1: okay. Um, A few people might know who he is. He was very big at at the start of kind of YouTube fitness and things. And he led me to like uh, 3DMJ, Eric Helms, that kind of uh, those people who were like, and he would, he competed in natural bodybuilding. And so that's where I kind of was like, oh, like, this is really cool. Like, I'm enjoying this sport. I I quite like to compete in things. So that kind of sparked my interest uh, down that route. And, uh, one of the things I didn't say actually, which I will uh, clarify is when I kind of recovered from the low sodium levels that actually found, I found hard lumps under my nipples. So I was like, I thought the worst, like, it could, I do not know what it could be. So I went yeah. to, to hospital and they did kind of a scan and they're like, you've got kind of comastia. And I was like, what, why? And then they asked me some questions like, when was the last time, like you've thought about girls or like, have you got any sexual partners or relationships? So I was like, no like I didn't think about any of it because my body just wasn't in like in a place to to be thinking about those things and mm-hmm. they found um, basically I had very low testosterone it's like below way below normal levels and my estrogen was too high so that's why I got the gynecomastia build up okay. so they prescribed me, prescribed me a TRT gel so it was like a gel I'd rub onto my chest to kind of get rid of these uh, lumps and it was crazy the kind of effect just this tiny bit of testosterone did I started growing a beard. I got like chest hair. Like I started thinking about girls, like all these things and changes happened. The gynecomastia went away, but obviously this was combined with finding natural bodybuilding and being like, wow, like I feel so good. And like, I love this and I want to do natural bodybuilding. I don't know why I never, I didn't have anyone in my surrounding environment who was on the assisted side or anything like that. And I have a very kind of, I've never smoked a cigarette, for example, I have quite a like uh, cautious kind of way of living and doing things like I've barely had it like I've not really I've not done any drugs apart from caffeine so like I'm, I'm just that sort of risk averse type of person so I just don't think it really um, ever appealed to me that way but like I saw Matt Ogus doing it and he had like the physique of my dreams like I wanted to be like him mm-hmm. so I asked my doctor to like wean off um, and see if I could come off normally you're on TRT for life so I sometimes get people reach out to me and be like how did you get off I think my head injury, they think it was a bruised pituitary gland. It was just a unique, weird freak thing uh, that I managed to come off and sustain low levels. And I contacted a few federations and they were like, yeah, if you've had like a doctor's note, you pass the polygraph. Okay. And obviously any testing that they do, they're like, you can come and compete. So a couple of federations uh, allowed me to do that, which was amazing. So then I started this kind of contest prep. And at the same time, I was... Educating myself, I, I kind of was working an office job, and I actually did—I uh, think it was with the YMCA—a personal training course, so okay. to become a qualified personal training. I would do that on the weekends, so I was kind of fully invested in this thing. And I just decided—I was still living at home at the time—I'm going to become a one-on-one PT. And so I, there was an opening at my kind of local gym, and I became a one-on-one PT while starting contest prep, which was like a recipe for disaster. I'm getting to the crux of why I'm like an online coach now. It's going to come together, uh, so. <laughs> basically like as you know low energy levels and I was I'm already an introverted just type of character anyway mm-hmm. um and when you're a one-on-one PT you need to be quite out there and it's a bit of a like salesy type of position as well and I had zero confidence in any of that so I kind of I wasn't the best <laughs> at doing that and put myself out there if a client kind of cancelled I was more like oh great I don't have to be on my feet so uh, but there were Kind of some guys from the surrounding schools in like years younger than me seeing me kind of get shredded and i had the nickname compound guy because they'd all just be doing curls and isolation lifts and they're like you're always squatting and deadlifting like doing these bench press and compound lifts and they saw me kind of getting in shape asked me some questions about my diet and things and they're like i don't want you to be my pt but can you do my programming and i was like oh i could do this like online in a spreadsheet type of deal Mm. 3DMJ were an online coaching company at the time so they're kind of an inspiration to me so I started coaching these guys from the surrounding schools and kind of getting them in wicked shape as well whilst stepping on stage in 2014 in like the best shape of my life and then kind of recovering from that and whilst kind of documenting that process putting it out on social media it kind of grew the brand a little bit and that's where I kind of Revive Stronger came from in terms of like being at ground zero with my health and well-being confidence and then coming into kind of bodybuilding and taking my physique to the, the kind of best position it's ever been in, in terms of like muscle mass fat mass all of this yeah. and then a big reason I wanted to compete was also to kind of give myself a bit of confidence in terms of like I can take myself down to that horrible position where my testosterone is going to tank again as, as it does but yeah. I can recover from that and my body if I if I could recover out of it I was like I'm I've done the most extreme thing I can almost do to my body and it, it can recover itself without like needing other things and so that was like a huge weight off my shoulders when I felt like, ah, oh, like I've got like my new body back. Like it, it functions well. And so I have a huge just love for the human body and how plastic it is and how amazing it is at like recovering itself. If you give it the right nutritional inputs, right training inputs, like you can transform it and for, for the better, for sure. So yeah, ever since then, I just slowly transitioned out of one-on-one PT and started building the brand, which became Revive Stronger Um, since like basically doing it full-time since 2015 and it's just kind of grown strength to strength where we have coaches and i have a business partner and i have like the the podcast i get to throw with bringing on experts so it's been a transformative process but it all came from i guess a head injury and a car uh sorry i guess a van accident uh which yeah i guess that the weirdest things can spike some interesting kind of outcomes
0: like i mean if anyone's listening, they're probably just like, oh my God, like what a story. Cause like, you c- you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. It's just like when you think about how unique it is, but I suppose like you t- you, you had a horrible situation and an unfortunate instant, and you've turned it into what is now your life, your career. And obviously as you were talking, you could really see the passion when you started talking a little bit more about competing and all that kind of stuff. I could see it in your face, you were like start to get excited. And I'm like, it just shows us this true passion in that. Um which is amazing because I suppose like with competing in general, I suppose. And again, we may go delve into this as well. There's, you know, people get into bodybuilding in particular for various different reasons. And I I don't know whether you're, the, maybe you are the believer of as well. And this is like assisted, unassisted kind of like in a general perspective. But some people do get into bodybuilding for the wrong reasons. And I think you definitely are in it for the right reasons. And I like I I always like will tell someone like if I see someone that's a competitor and I I know I can see it in them that they're in it for the right reasons I will tell them um like I was told I did a posing lesson earlier on today with um an IFBB pro and I told her and I was like I watched she recently competed and I um she did like a YouTube video and I actually said to her in the posing call today I was like I just want to say it's really admirable when I see someone who is actually passionate about this because like it's not just like oh, I'm in it for the gram and the Insta-likes or I'm in it because of X, Y, and Z and, you know, for improving my body image and everything like that. There's, there's various different reasons where people get into competing. But from your end, it is amazing that, again, you took what was an unfortunate situation into, uh, has blossomed and excelled into now a, like a business and a, what I would consider like the Revive Stronger Empire because like, it's not just like, oh, I'm an online coach. It's like, you have, as you said, a business partner, you have the team it's like a level of success that I could only dream about that other online coaches can only dream about so I think you should be so proud of yourself and just for obviously continuously wanting to improve because again like obviously as you said like it was it's not just like oh I became PT like you you really were interested about the process as well and in terms of like wanting to improve on how you could come out of this a stronger person as well because you know, I can't imagine the th- things you might have experienced when it came to that accident um, as well. And now just, yeah, it just seems like you're living your best life now at the moment. Like, would you feel, right now in this moment, do you feel very content and kind of maybe glad of how things worked out in a way?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You hit the net. Like, I would never take, it sounds really weird to like, be like, yeah, I'm so glad that van hit me. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm really glad it did because I think it it pushed me into, like, the area that i really thrive in because i definitely really enjoy being a coach i imagine you do as well just like and that's it's the same way you need to be passionate about competing and have the right reasons the same if you're going to be successful as a coach you're going to grow your business you have to be passionate about that as well and really love helping people and kind of seeing them grow and being very empathetic and all those things because it's so important so yeah I, i i love what i do and what it's become and uh yeah it's it, it's awesome and I'm I'm completely the same with you if if people are in it for all the wrong reasons they're just not going to unfortunately they're unlikely to succeed mm-hmm. uh, I always say like if you have a strong enough why you can bear almost any how so like it's going to get difficult if your why is like I don't know Instagram likes you're like ah oh, man like I don't know I can Photoshop this image whatever I don't they are finding an easier route out where they can get what they want but to take it to stage and to, as a physique competitor, like you you've got to really kind of be a bit of the extreme mindset and really enjoy that process and what it gives you on the outside. But I, in some ways it sounds a bit kind of corny, I guess, to say bodybuilding saved my life, but I feel that way because it really allowed me to take control of my body and my mind and, allowed me to build confidence in myself because as you know it's a very selfish sport Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel at the time that I could be doing other things because I just felt so out of control of everything that was going on with me so it kind of gave me that control so uh, I guess that control can go too far sometimes as well but (laughs) it draws that kind of obsessive controlling type of person I think to some extent.
0: Yeah no it's it's remarkable I think like something I'd like to go into as well obviously you actually mentioned the word selfish which I think it will kind of link into my kind of my kind of follow-up question from that as well is talk about your own your past you know um seasons I suppose and in terms of I suppose like because again I suppose like when people think competing they think tan you know that the for, for for a female it's the bikinis and whatnot whatever but some people don't realize the actual work that goes in like the whole like years it takes to build the physique to then do the dieting phase to then get about five minutes on stage. So let's talk about your experience when it comes to competing as well. Maybe even kind of, I don't know, kind of going into this was the sacrifices that you'd make, the struggles that you had just for any, I suppose like any people that might be even thinking about doing like maybe even a, fo- a photo shoot prep or even thinking yeah. about competing for the first time, just so they can, I suppose, learn from your aspect um, as being a natural competitor as well. Because again, you know, assistance is obviously a completely different uh, kettle of fish as well. But I think from a natural co- professional point of view, I think it'll be very interesting to hear all about your seasons, what you learned, what were your highs, lows, what's the worst things that you did and stuff like that. Just to give people a real deep insight in terms of what you've put your body through over the last few years.
1: For sure. So I imagine I, I don't know because I haven't gone down that route, but I imagine the assisted side is probably just as hard. But there might be a, there's probably some things that are a bit easier, but also things that are harder because I'm so thankful i don't have to think about all these different variables and like water attention and things that just are way above my head so uh, i imagine both are incredibly difficult but uh, my first season certainly wasn't like a like I look at that and it's I'm, my girlfriend now at the time uh, sorry the girl my girlfriend now was also my girlfriend then uh, but we had only just got together and she was like probably at the point of almost leaving me in that prep because of how bad i was what i was like and also it's i, I didn't know what it would be like because it was my first time i had a coach but it's still one thing kind of i always think of it like an analogy analogous to like don't you know fainting if you've never fainted before you can tell someone what it's like but if you go through it it's something else it's a very weird experience or sort of passing out and then waking up and be like where am i you can kind of tell someone that and it's the same with competing if if you've dieted before you've got an idea of what it's like but until you really take it to that extreme point you don't know all the emotions you're going to feel the hanger and uh, the low energy levels that really get real so i i was kind of ignorant to that and so the first prep like i wasn't the nicest i wasn't the most considerate person to like friends family Uh, i do remember someone at work being like oh steve before when you were like competing and dieting I-, I thought you didn't like me but now you're like a different person and i was like really like i was so ignorant to it at the time um <laughs> you really ch- almost change as an individual a little bit you lose like part of who you are which is sad in some ways but mm-hmm. it gets better every time you go about that journey you get better at managing things and also new science is coming out which is helping educate us further in terms of how we can make the process more productive and mm-hmm. those negatives in terms of like our hormones kind of coming down and hunger levels picking up energy levels being really low moody kind of becoming body image uh, kind of hyper focused they're always going to be there I think they're kind of have to in some ways but at least you can kind of mitigate them as much as possible and having awareness of them also helps but I didn't in that first prep so it was very much like I remember um, actually one of the worst things I did was uh, because I was at work and super tired I would at every opportunity sit down So my cardio just kept getting jacked up because I'd just be sitting. Whereas then I learned in like, I don't know, 2016 or something like steps and how non-exercise activity thermogenesis is so important for maintaining like a calorie deficit, because that's the thing that really kind of shuts down. It's like, oh, wow. And then my next prep, I didn't do any cardio because now I had these steps that I was keeping up and I wasn't being lazy all the time. But there's always the... There, there's always something that has to give like steps mm-hmm. of basically cardio in some way it's just maybe less efficient and maybe easier for some people mm-hmm. uh so yeah I kind of was ignorant to that my food got pretty low I also really kind of I don't know if you know Walden Farms Jess have you heard of that?
0: no so it's
1: like i'm trying to think of another example where there is now there was basically all these like low calorie like syrups and sauces and it was an american thing but i would like buy it online and like import it here because it was like these low calorie syrups and i would go wild with all this stuff and i'd be like a bloated mess and i'd be like man i'm still hungry but i feel sick because i just had this like massive bloat so i learned all those lessons in terms of like okay there's a point where you just have to accept the hunger you can't fight it anymore you can have all the food volume you want but you're still going to be hungry so kind of set that aside and um, yeah every prep is slowly got better I kind of have started like a little bit leaner as well in like um, more recent preps so I didn't have so much fat to lose because more time that you're dieting is just like more chance for these diet fatigue kind of factors to build up yeah. and then having the awareness of like steps and uh, even to the point in my last prep I was wearing a weighted vest so every, for the weight that I lost I kind of put a vest on to try and counteract the kind of loss in energy expenditure that you would have through being a smaller human so that was like that was really hard actually uh, kind of keeping on it because I'd also stand for the majority of my day so I feel so lazy at the moment like I'm sat all day and never stand um, so yeah trying every kind of trick in the book but you learn each prep and there isn't like a blueprint formula either. Like every prep is slightly different and you might find you have to be on more or less food or what have you. And um, it's just about kind of learning every time that you go down that journey and just, yeah, taking it all in. I don't know if I covered the question really. There was a lot, a lot to kind of go over, but yeah, my first prep was by no means like an ideal thing. And um, I guess it might be interesting. I did uh, my novice show. I did two novice shows. One of them I came, I think I came second last, which I think was fifth. Uh, so didn't do particularly well and then in my next one I came I think I was joint third but they put the head judge put me in fourth so I came like fourth in another novice show so I wasn't like this amazing kind of phenomenon that was like made for natural bodybuilding by no means but 2017 I did a little bit better I got some British finals I placed in those and then last year I managed to get to world finals and come second so it was like I don't know how many people go down that journey. I think um, maybe some people give up, but I think if you can kind of keep consistent, persistent at it and keep doing the right things, like you will keep growing. I think a lot of people put on like limiting beliefs, especially naturals. Like they're like everyone who's bigger than the average is on gear or what have you. It's like, ah, well, there's some crazy naturals out there. I'm by no means a crazy natural. Um, But if you keep going, there's there's a lot to be gained there. So uh, yeah, that's something I definitely say, because I used to think, back when I first started I was like how are these guys natural It's crazy but then you hear about how long they've been lifting for and all these various aspects you're like, oh, okay maybe that makes more sense and as you get deeper into it at least for me my kind of idea of what is achievable as a natural athlete has just gone much much higher
0: yeah and I suppose it look practice makes perfect in a way because obviously like it's not as if like the same protocols that applied in your first prep are going to be what applies the second time because well you, you might have like it depends on obviously how long you will go into an improvement phase for and if you've built more muscle tissue in comparison to that the last improvement phase well there's always going to be those different variables as well but obviously it's been a success you've continued to climb up the ladder of success which is amazing as well and I think especially when you go into your first show it's kind of like you're kind of like you hope for the best and I suppose like look it can only go up from really there as well if you know you're continu- continuously going to improve as well and I suppose like yeah like as a natural athlete as well I think do you know, it's actually funny that over the last few weeks I've been maybe following a little bit more of natural competitors because I follow a lot of assisted competitors and I'm a very much well aware of that and I'm not now I'm not by any means an expert to be like oh they're definitely taken and they're not like you know it's it's, it's obviously very hard to, but then you there's some people you're like you're probably are but actually there are some natural competitors that are kind of currently up and coming and it's very very exciting um like even my own sister um not to, not to toot her own horn as well because she's probably going to listen to this episode but she's uh she's 23 so it's five and a half uh, years between us as well and like a lot of people have perhaps definitely thought that she might have been taking something because she's in the same physique she's going to go into the wellness um category so for wellness it's glutes it's quads it's legs you it's, need a lot of mass you need, need yeah. a lot of mass and her physique is just like like I kind of look at her at the other time and she'll send me her checking photos and I'm like how are we the same <laughs> like, like I honestly think it's freaky but again like like that people don't raise her ethic and the work the actual work that she provides she's not going in lifting very lightweight she like her progressive overload speed is insane and it's just because she's so driven and again it's all down to like you know you could give the same program to two people who might be the same age the same height weight whatever but like it is down to really ethic and the performance that they deliver in their training sessions and obviously how they feeler body and all the things that we've we've kind of already discussed, that will allow them to become the best competitor possible as well. So like, it's like even there today, I started following another guy um from back in Ireland and I was actually found out he was natural. And I was like, what? I was like, I thought he was like, you know, it's so it's very, very interesting to see again, as you mentioned, there's been further research being done to allow natural competitors to really, you know, achieve great success as well, which is just, um you know, it's, it's really fantastic to see as well. So it's just very, very exciting. I think that's, the natural but side of ball is still, you know, it's it's just, I think it's going to be continuously improving as well. And do you see that yourself? Do you feel like, do you feel like actually the natural competing industry is is quite big, particularly here in the UK as well? Or how do you find it?
1: I would say, I don't know. It's an interesting one because there's actually been a kind of topic of, and kind of debate going around recently of like saying is natural bodybuilding dead? Because I think in particularly in the US, they have so many shows versus mm-hmm. where the, what they have here. And there's quite often very few competitors, like 20 competitors of something turning up, maybe no pros turning up. Mm-hmm. When there's maybe a pro division, there's like a couple of people in the class. Uh, but we recently had, and I was a judge at the WMBF um, first time a show, and that had over 150 competitors. The classes, especially like bikini and men's physique, kind of stacked like I so many competitors.
0: Yeah, the physique is phenomenal.
1: <laughs> oh, and yeah, amazing physiques as well. And it's like you said, there's also... A bell curve, when you think about, like I always use the example, like basketball players, the majority of them are over seven foot tall. How often do you see someone over seven foot? Very rarely. Kind of, there's a bell curve to height. So most people you see are right in the middle. Same with like competitors. Most people, and probably most people listening to this, myself included, I would say, I'm in that middle of the bell curve, just like average. Then you have these freaks to the right, maybe your sister who are just like, they're they're like born for this with hard work, along with talent, like they're going to be phenomenons. And there's natural athletes like that, like some of the first timers at this show, like I looked at someone, I was like, man, these guys are like from another planet. I can't even believe. And old me would have thought, "Ah, no way they're natural, like they're on gear. Whereas now I'm like, oh, no, like when enough people get into the kind of sport and when they're very good at it and they work really hard at it, like when you've got that like combination of hard work and talent, like you can go super far. So, yeah, there's some extreme physiques out there.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, and as you said, there's probably that debate, like, as well, if you think about, you know, but like again, there are some obviously federations out there that are, like, you know, as it, like, looking at that show that you judged there a few weeks ago as well, it just shows that, that, like, there's probably people, I'd say, they're off seasons now, that are getting ready, because I feel like 2023 is going to be a big year for competing, this year was definitely... Um, I suppose is, was like, again, I'm like my season hasn't really begun yet, I suppose. But um, I do feel like 2023 will be a big year. I think a lot of people are currently in their off season from what I can see on social media. Um, A lot of people would compete now over the last like four to five months. So again, again, it very much depends on when people start their seasons and stuff like that. But I do think 2023 could be a big year as well. Um, And in terms of, I suppose, like for any first time natural competitors, you know, because again, I suppose like fitness is really just, Escalated. I feel now again, this might just be because I'm a coach myself and I'm only I'm only new into fitness. I only started getting into fitness in 2019. So I'm very, very new. Um, in comparison to you who've been doing it for so many years. So I suppose like I do feel like fitness is is completely like changed people's lives. It's really come out at the forefront more so a lot as well. Like I I've never seen so many people running in my entire life as since I've moved to London. I was like, why does everyone run? Why is everyone? <laughs> I can't get over it like but maybe it's just because I'm surrounding myself in those environments but I do feel like competing is going to be it's going to continuously improve it's going to continue to continuously be an incredible sport and I suppose for anyone that might be listening that may be considering it or maybe kind of thinking oh god could I do that could I not is it my genetics what'll let me down what do you think are some like key principles or you know, factors to consider for a potentially good athlete? Like what would a good athlete need to have maybe under their belt or consider in order for them to get to stage level?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's like you mentioned before, actually, when we consider kind of taking to stage, people only look at the contest prep but actually that's a really short time compared to all the years that you've invested in your off season mm. and really uh, a successful contest prep is based off a successful off season where you've actually grown that muscle tissue you've fed yourself properly you've done the progressive overload so you've challenged the muscles to get bigger and better so mm. if someone's coming into it like oh, i want to do like a bodybuilding show and it's like well how long have you actually been lifting and eating properly and you've done like the big big rocks so you've had a calorie surplus you've eaten enough protein you spread that through the day you've been training with sufficient volume sufficient intensity for months and months and months actually hopefully years so you actually have significant muscle mass on your physique because Mm -hmm. i think maybe for it's hard to even say now because bikini and men's physique have transformed a little bit particularly like men's physique those guys some of them could be bodybuilders at this stage like they're, they're they're very big and even bikini like those women have a lot of muscle mass now versus I think when they first introduced these categories, they are more kind of softer physiques and smaller, whereas they've just got bigger and harder over time, uh, which I guess is just what ends up happening. Cause I guess that's what appeals to people. So even if you're looking to do those sort of categories, I think you want at least like a good three years, maybe two to four years under your belt of like really doing things seriously and properly. And uh, so you've invested that time in the off season. But then also dieting is a skill in itself. So you don't want your first, and I see this all the time where it's someone's first diet is the one they do to stage. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be really hard because it's like any journey that you do for the first time, there's so many different turns and takes and things that come along the way that you're Mm -hmm. just not prepared for. Whereas you want to have done that journey a few times, you want to have got pretty lean before, so you know what that feels like. You kind of have an idea of how to manage that in terms of like food selection, nutrient timing to take care of your sleep kind of those big factors that start to take a knock that you really have to take care of towards the end so i like people to have a good like two to probably two to four like proper fat loss phases under their belt as well so they've kind of got that experience with that maybe not two to four that'll be a bit much maybe in two to four years but (laughs) but definitely having some experience with that so a good baseline of muscle like invest in yourself especially in your early years when you're lifting that's when your best gains are being made that's when you make the majority of your probably gains hopefully and then from there once you've built that baseline of muscle then you can get like some experience dieting and then you can start thinking okay do I have a good reason to why I want to take it to stage like what is my reason for doing it is it just for like you said the Instagram or like YouTube or whatever have a mm-hmm. good reason for it and then either educate yourself kind of listen to podcasts books what have you or get a coach that's going to help you to stage because I think particularly for the first time that you go even if you've done several fat loss phases it's, it's still a different thing in its own right because you're getting into territory you've never been before in terms of body fat and like you know you get into your own head you kind of convince yourself of doing things maybe you shouldn't be doing probably push yourself too hard Love to make... yeah
0: all those different variables as well and even the, like the accountability and this the saving of stress as well yeah. like you might be like oh well I didn't drop any weight in the last three days I'm just going to drop the calories you know you might be making decisions that you know are not going to be any like valuable or whatever more extreme
1: yeah yeah I always say a lot of the clients I work with they almost know what they should be doing but they so often I just save themselves from like sorry save yeah save themselves from themselves they they would make an they wouldn't rationally do if they were like coaching someone or like seeing it in a book or example or something like this but when you are trying to coach yourself it can be easy to convince yourself especially when it's like contest prep you're always looking at the scale a lot but by the time you get towards the end the scale starts to become less helpful you have to start looking at actually what the judge is judging me on not the scale weight how do I look and then it's having that eye because again we're often our own worst enemies we look at ourselves like I'm I'm flat fat stringy like terrible like you said self-doubt so you need that person in your corner who's like cheering you on and like giving you that feedback that's going to help you bring confidence to stage.
0: Yeah, like I definitely, and are you coaches now? Or are you just kind of, do, you're, you're doing your own like structure and your own uh, planning, I suppose, when it comes to.
1: <laughs> so I realize I said that and I sound like a bit of a hypocrite
0: uh, because <laughs> I, haven't,
1: I haven't had a coach since my first contest prep, um, but I have had, I would say mentors. So I've consulted with people Uh, I kind of have people in the industry who I really trust Um, someone called Brett Freeman if you saw him like he is the most insane conditioning natural athlete like crazy like his glutes just look like walnuts it's kind of crazy Uh, but yeah I I would send him like photos and he almost coached me towards the end and after the season just gone I was like next time I compete I'm not sure about off season. I don't know if that's something I I need but when I next compete I want to have a person in my corner like a coach a person in my corner i want to have a coach for all the reasons we've just described because mm-hmm. uh it's so easy to get in your own head and ever basically he ended up almost like coaching me towards the end anyway like so um i might as well actually put a stamp on it
0: yeah and in terms of what's next for you revive stronger what are your kind of plans do you or that you can disclose of course for the rest cool. of 2022, and even like for 2023 as well because obviously there is As you said, the next time you compete, there is a next time that you are obviously maybe working towards and stuff like that. So is there anything else you can share?
1: So yeah, as a competitor, I've got to, I know you're probably like this, where you see people compete and you're like, oh, like when you're in your off season, you're like, oh, maybe like I want to do it, what have you. I'm kind of getting that itch a little bit, especially because I'm doing a mini cut right now. And I'm like, oh, like some new lines and things are coming through. (laughs) But I know uh, the only reason I think I've been so successful like being able to like level up in a sense each time I compete is because I've taken significant time off and muscle growth doesn't come quick. Uh, so I know I need a good number of years off. So I probably will hold myself back till 2024. Uh, but I imagine that will be when I pull the plug. Because I also think there's a little bit of me that's like, when you compete too rarely, you almost lose that bit of a fire and like itch and motivation. So yeah, kind of we'll keep that nice and high. So I think for me, that'll be it. So at the moment, just running, kind of off season uh, until then. And my priority is trying to make my waist just look as small as possible, and which means building out everything else around it. So quads, lats, shoulders, like I need these areas because I've not been blessed with that tiny little waist. Um, and then in terms of Revive Stronger, uh, we, we're currently actually in a process of many talks with different people who might be able to help the business. Uh, we're looking to do more blogs, so get some more written content out there potentially go down the route of another youtube channel um and kind of reach a wider audience versus like our very niche audience at the moment yeah. so not sure uh, it's kind of that next step of we built the business to the size it is we've got a good number of clients it's really successful in that sense it's like where kind of what's the new next step for us so yeah currently not entirely sure but hopefully something exciting
0: well i think it sounds exciting i think like even just potentially talk about things i think look that's the great side about you know a coaching business as well is that like coaching businesses aren't just like the one-on-ones and people again will view coaching as oh it's just check-ins and I'm like no 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 but again like you're thinking about the business side as well and just really growing the brand because you have a brand there's a personal brand which is you then you have your team as well which again all fantastic coaches as well so it's kind of like you have a whole community really and I suppose like it, it can I can see I can see so much potential with it it's just amazing so I think you may not know where you're going but i definitely feel you're going in the right direction of whatever is supposed to i suppose again without being i, f- I feel like we've had a lot of like cliche points made <laughs> but it's very true and it's like what's meant to be will be as well right. and i think again like with that just to go back to your competitive side as well is that like you know people feel like sometimes again when it comes to competing is that you need to compete year and year and year and year and i suppose now because it's getting way more competitive as you said like for example bikini girls six, seven years ago, what they were looking for back in Olympia is complete, like for, like for example, like, cause I'm, I'll be competing in NPC, um, it's completely different to what they're looking at, as you said, it is like, just harder and oh, it's just absolutely mad and I'm just like, looking yeah. at myself, like, oh god but again, it's, it's understanding, it's like yes, you want to do it for the love of it, as you said, like, w- you once you start getting the itch of doing a bit of a cut, you're like, oh, well, I could do this again, but it's like, you need to bear in mind, when it comes to competing, it's it's not like you're you're being judged based on the criteria and that's it you have to fit the criteria the criteria doesn't fit you I think it's important that again as competitive that you which is amazing and again a lot of people don't realize that like you are waiting until potentially 2024 which is a year and a half to two years time until you feel like you you'll be at a stage where you're like okay do you want that's probably what they're potentially going to be looking for and you're you know as you said bring out your strong points you know focus on your weak areas as well and that's The joys of competing and joys of bodybuilding as well. So, um, yeah, it's just really, really exciting. But Steve, I've had an absolute ball recording this episode. I think there's been so much value, and hopefully for anyone that might be listening, whether you are someone just who's a general pop client or potentially doing a photo shoot or even potentially think about competing, I think there was a lot to take from this episode. And I think it's the one thing I would take from this episode as pro, I suppose, is like life ha- you know life will give you unexpected situations and it, and is what you make of it and I think you're a clear uh true storyteller of that as well that like you can turn anything into something um incredible and just make the most of it so yeah I really appreciate you Steve for sharing um your story but if anyone who that isn't currently following you or know wants to know a bit more about Revive Stronger where can they find you online
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a great chat. Uh, I like sharing that story. And yeah, hopefully some people can take some kind of tidbits of information from that and uh, hopefully apply it to themselves. And yeah, it's like you said, you need to invest. Um, Like that off-season period is super important. So you can't keep just spending all the time because yeah, you just, you have nothing to spend after a while. So yeah, if people want to learn more uh, about me, Revive Stronger, they can head to revivestronger.com is our website. So we've got everything from coaching to the podcast, everything over there. I am most active over on Revive Stronger on Instagram. So -hmm. if people want to kind of shoot me a DM or whatever, just follow along, uh, they can do that too. So yeah, thank you so much, Jess, for bringing me on.
0: No worries at all, guys. And thank you so much for listening. And I will see you all in the next episode.